Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. Happy Halloween. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. Kyle Porter joins me as always. Kyle, before we get to mid-first and the mid-first five, in the spirit of Halloween, what uh, what's your favorite Halloween candy? I don't know if this is a popular take. I, I actually have no idea how people will, will rate this take. I don't know if it's popular, unpopular, the hottest take, the coldest take, whatever. Uh, my favorite Halloween candy and my favorite candy in general uh, across the board is uh, Twix. Twix? Mini Out of all the candies? Yeah. It's the best. It's not even Twix. it's not even close. Mini Twix. You could have given me you could have given me about fifteen guesses and I wouldn't have picked Twix. Uh, at the at the golf tournaments that I go to, they always have um, like a, a freezer full of like uh, like uh, candy bars, like frozen candy bars, and uh, they have Twix in there, and I eat those things like they're. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is, it is unhealthy. It is not good. You are, you are going to get roasted for this take. It is a hot take. That's fine. Twix. But That's... I'm no, can I'm no Halloween candy expert by any means. It's funny you mentioned the frozen candy bars. They have those in Stillwater. And like, I don't eat much ice cream or candy bars in general. Not like me. But like when I'm, when I'm in Boone Pickens press box, like I am just <laughs> ravaging the, the freezer the whole game. Like the, the frozen... <laughs> They have like a frozen like Snickers ice cream yeah, candy it's a, bar. It's oh unreal. It's unbelievable. There's a Starburst one too. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, mine would be Skittles. That's my oh, favorite. No. What? Well, let me explain. And again, I told you I'm no expert because when I was a kid, Kyle, I didn't like chocolate. It, mm. It's the weirdest thing. Like I didn't like the taste of chocolate as a kid. So like I just, I gravitated towards like, Skittles, Starburst, all like the the fruity candy more than the candy bars. So again, I I think now that I'm an adult and I've kind of had some some candy, I think I think Reese's peanut butter cups is is the clear the clear winner for me. Yeah, they're up there for me. I I, I actually just ate a Reese's peanut butter cup. Well, I, it wasn't a Reese's; it was from Trader Joe's. So a Trader Joe's peanut butter cup. Um, my, where do you fall on the candy corn issue? Don't eat it. Don't read it. It's, I don't like it. It's disgusting. My yeah, I don't know where it came about or why it's still a thing. My kids candy corn. My kids love it. Really? Yeah, they so I take them to the grocery store and they get to pick out like one thing for like helping out and they started picking these like candy corn pumpkin things. And I'm like, are you my kids or no? Or did you switch with other kids? This is appalling. <laughs> well, there's so many more options out there. Like, wouldn't they just prefer like a Sour Patch Kid as opposed to? Or literally anything. Like or a, literally anything, yes. Like a almond with, like a chocolate almond. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I've never understood the candy corn thing. I don't even, 
I don't even think I've attempted to eat candy corn for a decade. So okay, real quick, overrated, underrated. We'll we'll run through like three or four of these. Uh, three Musketeers. Uh, underrated. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Milky Milky Way. Not rated. Likes Milky. It's not what? Said so it's not rated at all. Nobody likes Milky Way. <laughs> I say underrated. Well, I guess it would be under because nobody overrates Milky Way. Snickers. Uh, properly rated. Overrated. It's great. Overrated. It's great. No. Uh, disagree. I'm trying to think. A hundred, hundred grand. I don't think I've ever had a hundred grand. <laughs> I, I don't know why I just said a hundred grand. I I read a uh, a candy draft. Everybody has these candy drafts this time of year on like websites. And somebody picked a hundred grand in the first round on an estimation one I saw. Oh, I saw that one too. I don't. You know what I really like? I forgot what they're called, but like they're little like caramels. They're little. They're like a little cube. It's like caramel. Like Car- Werther's Originals, because you're eighty. No, I forget it. I don't can't remember what they're called, but I like those things when I was a little kid. Oh, I know what you're talking about. What you know what I'm they? talking about? They were little like cubes almost, but they were individually wrapped. Yeah. I don't... Um, people are they were good. screaming at that. Peanut M&Ms are really good as well. Yeah. Can't beat um, that. Okay. We, we could we could be here all day. Let's talk about MidFirst, Carson. OSU credit card at midfirst.com slash pistols firing. You can go there and sign up for a new OSU credit card. Pistol Pete on the front, earn $150 bonus, cash bonus. Uh, you can earn points. There's Bursar Rewards options. Uh, you can go to midfirst.com slash pistols firing to check that out. Uh, you want to get into the midfirst five? Yes. Uh, we had to kind of tweak our, our midfirst five before the show started. Um, I think we need to address whatever's going on with, with Tywin Wallace. You know, there's there's been Twitter rumblings. There's been rumors flying around. There's a lot of smoke surrounding uh, Tylen Wallace and perhaps a perceived injury. Uh, I've heard nothing solid. Uh, what about you? Uh, I've heard a lot of things. Uh, none of it is in the vein of this definitely happened, but there's been a lot of it doesn't look good for his leg type stuff. Uh, a lot of a lot of knee, a lot of knee takes, a lot of knee doctors. Um, it. It doesn't, I would be, here's, here's what I'll say about this. I would be very, I would be very, very surprised if Tylen Wallace plays football against TCU on Saturday. Right. And I would even be, I would, I would be very, just one very, very surprised if he plays the rest of 2019. Now, again, I'm not reporting that anything happened just based on the number of people that have said something to me that I've talked to and like the way they've said it and the number of people that haven't said something, it feels like there's something serious going on, but I don't know. I like, I haven't gotten anything from anybody that's like confirm, confirm. And that's why we haven't written it and specifically reported anything yet. Now, by the time people listen to this podcast, it might be all over the place. So who knows? But as of what is it? two fifteen. On Thursday, that's kind of where I'm at. Sure, and I don't think it's in Oklahoma State's best interest to comment on it. Like, I don't think we're going to hear. I don't think 
OSU is going to put out anything. Uh, it's kind of been Gundy's track record, right? When someone's hurt, we don't ever really find out till the game kicks off, essentially. Um, you go back to like the Dax Garman situation. We didn't know Mason Rudolph was playing, right, until game time. Or, um, you know, Justin Blackman's foot against Oklahoma or Mason Rudolph against Oklahoma. You know, I just, I think Mike Gundy views this as he's got a game to win and he's not going to let the opposition know anything about any injury situation. So I don't think we're going to hear anything official. Uh, as, <laughs> as, as you said, as of 2.15 on, on uh, Thursday, I could, because people could be listening back to this saying, Carson, you idiot, they just put out a press release. But, um, <laughs> But no, I, I certainly think it's it's a troubling situation, and I guess where we go from here is, you know, what's it going to look like without Tyon Wallace? For me, it's huge alarm bells, and for me, I was going to pick Oklahoma State, but if you tell me Tyon Wallace isn't going to play, and I don't, I agree with you, I don't. There's too much out there for me to believe he will. Uh, I got to pick TCU just because what's one OSU's games is just the the individual brilliance of Tyon Wallace and the individual brilliance. Of Chuba Hubbard, you still have Chuba, but I just I worry about the passing game, and where Spencer Sanders will be without Tylen Wallace. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I, I was looking at the numbers this morning. Tylen has accounted for forty six percent of uh, yards receiving yards this year on the team, which is just astounding. Uh, he's accounted for a third of the receptions overall, and and a lot of that was like. I mean, some of it was like late in the McNeese game where guys are like, like DeAndre Glass is catching passes and you're like, does, should this count? So in terms of like, you know, real competitive games, it, that number's even higher. It's probably like 40% of all catches accounted for have come from Thailand. And I mean, the targets is even higher. It's got to be like, like Thailand's target rate among OSU receivers. It's got to be 50, 60%. I haven't looked it up. I don't, I'm not even positive that number's out there. Uh, you could go back through each game, I guess, and look it up. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it's like, if he doesn't play this year, is that a big loss? Of course. He's like a top 50 NFL talent, top 75, whatever. But, I do think it's an opportunity like Braden Johnson's been playing great. Braden Johnson's averaging like 25 yards a catch right now. I mean, he's he's been a real home run threat that they just for whatever reason haven't used as much as maybe it feels like they sh- as they should. Uh you got CJ Moore who hasn't played a ton. Like I I think there are opportunities for guys to kind of fill that space. I think the worry is more like who's Spencer Sanders going to trust? Like who's he going to go to and does that like safety net create uh, a problem for him where he doesn't know where to go or does it free him up to kind of go wherever? I, I think that part of it, if Thailand doesn't play, is going to be really interesting. Well, I certainly think it could be the other way that you just mentioned that it could be a good thing in that it certainly would free up Spencer to make more reads instead of saying, well, I got to get it to Thailand. And rightfully so. I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the country. Maybe they'll free him up to make the proper read or the proper decision perhaps dumping it off to, you know, Jelani Woods over the middle more. That to me is what I'm interested to see is can they get Jelani Woods more involved as a pass catcher? Because they're going to have to. Like, as much as I like Braden Johnson too, he's not a he's not a chain mover. He, he's a, you know, make a huge play once, maybe twice a game type of player. Who's going to move the chains? And to me it's Jelani Woods, it's Dylan Stoner. Um, certainly Landon Wolf could contribute as well. But um, 
But no, I certainly think it could go the other way because let's face it, Spencer has locked on to Thailand a ton this year. I mean, Taylor Cornelius did the same thing. I mean, that's what you're going to do with the best receiver in the country. So I am interested to see how, how Spencer Sanders adjusts. Can you imagine forward. Gundy walking into the game plan on Friday being like, well, Chuba and then Chuba <laughs> and then more Chuba. <laughs> I mean, Chuba might have 60 carries on Saturday. Yeah, and God, don't they really miss? You know, I, I thought this before. LD Brown scored a sixty-yard run. Uh, don't man, it'd be nice if they had JD King. Like, why did he transfer? Like, yeah. I, I get he's probably the number one running back at Georgia Southern, but I looked at his stats earlier in the year; they were pretty modest. It's not as if he's, you know, just lighting it up. Like, he would have played a ton this year, and it would have been so much easier to spell Chuba Hubbard from forty carries or thirty-five carries when you had JD King. I mean, JD King when. Justice Hill was out injured against West Virginia, ran for dang near 200 yards. So, I don't know, man. They really miss him. But, uh, yeah, I think I think, I think think Gundy's going to line up uh, the inverted veer and just he'll, he'll want to run triple option with Spencer probably. Juba. <laughs> uh, yeah, so who knows? Like maybe there – do you remember – somebody brought this up to me. Do you remember the uh, – this was I think two years ago. I remember I was in a hotel room. I think I was at the PGA Championship and – Somebody was like, uh, James Washington, six to eight weeks, hernia. He's got a hernia. Oh, yes. I remember the hernia gate. And everybody's like, what? Like, what's good? And then it like became a thing, but then it wasn't true. So I'm always like, right. I, I mean, again, like we haven't written this. I'm not reporting it right now, uh, but it is being talked about. So it's it's worth being discussed. Uh, but But you and I, neither of us are reporting this as fact. I just, I get a, I get really leery unless i i'm like rock solid on sure what what's going on so um you know maybe maybe it's all like just a big i don't know there's a lot of smoke so i i would be surprised well again. yeah i mean he could have he could have tweaked his knee and it's not even a sprain you know we, we have no idea we don't have enough information to to speculate it, it reminds me too remember when <laughs> Remember when uh, the reports of Joe Mixon breaking his leg before Bedlam was <laughs> circulating on Twitter? Someone was filming him like like at a OU basketball game in the stands and was like, "Wait a second, I don't think his leg's broken." <laughs> like Twitter has been terrible for media purposes and reporting because anyone can just get on Twitter and say, "I heard Tylen's at the." At the hospital right now. I got a source who's well, the nurse, his mom, and all that other crap. Yeah, and the problem becomes that, like, people who do that don't – they don't have something to lose like like we do, right? Yeah. Like, your credibility, my site's credibility is up in the air when we just – when you just start throwing stuff out there. And it's like any anonymous personality on Twitter can do it. And and they might have stuff, but they j- the problem is they don't have anything to lose, so they're able to do it over and over, and and we just we can't do that. Yeah. So, um, okay, you want to talk about what do we have on here? Oh, NCAA news this week. Yeah, um, the NCAA passed you know the the ruling that players can now profit off their likeness and. Obviously, the first the first big step for me would be the return of the NCAA football game that you and I grew up on and everyone in college played. And I do I think kids got it pretty great these days with certain things, but the fact that they don't have NCAA football on on PlayStation or Xbox is is a travesty. So hopefully uh, hopefully that will get going again. But but more than anything, Kyle, I'm just I'm thrilled for guys who 
And look, not very many college athletes can truly turn a profit on their likeness. Very, very few. But what it does do is they can earn a little bit. Like, let's say, you know, Tylen Wallace wants to go back, since we're talking about him, wants to go back to Dallas and, and run a wide receivers camp that kids can sign up for and pay for, and he can turn profit off that. Stuff like that, I think, is, is big for, for players. And just little things like that, I think, can go a long way for, for certain athletes. Yeah, I'm always pro-progressivism uh, when it comes to this issue. But I think the thing for me is it, it. there's just a lot of questions because it's almost like the NCAA is like, sure, you can do this, but here are the, here are the like super specific guidelines for it. And it's got to be like, it, it just feels like, it feels like they're going deeper into this like purgatorial. We're not. We, we know we're not an amateur. Like when you have billion dollar TV contracts, you're not an amateur sport. They're kind of acknowledging that, but we're not really pro either. And so the result is that the deeper you get into that, the more complex everything becomes. And so, I, I mean, I'm reading about this Carson and I'm like, I feel like I know less now than after having read a, uh, like you know all these articles about it like it just is it's such a it's a mess i mean you know one of the, one of the articles i read said well like what if what if somebody pays a high school and is like hey you when you get to clemson are going to be like we're we're using your likeness to sell you know toasters at the bed bath and beyond in clemson and it's like well did they were they paying for that person to come to school essentially? But like you, you can get around it because you can pay for. I mean, there's just, it's so messy. I mean, it is such a convoluted thing, and that's the part that I I get worried about when it comes to some of this stuff. Yeah, and like, let's use a local example, like Big Red Sports and Imports. Remember that scandal with OU football? Yeah, they, they were paying kids for work they weren't doing. Like who's to say, you know, big red sports and imports in this example puts up a huge poster board of Jalen Hurts and uses a commercial with Jalen Hurts and they pay him like 10 times what that normal that fee would be. Like who's who's regulating that? You know what I mean? There is a lot of gray area with it. But I, I am with you, though, that it's than and let's face it, like. College athletics is a multi, multi billion dollar industry. And the fact the athletes get just a scholarship, especially the athletes that are that are big time that could actually profit off their likeness doesn't seem right. So I agree. I just think it, it's it's so hard because so much of it is tied to I don't know. It because part of me is like, well, just just break off. Don't even like be part of the NCAA anymore but then you just have the G League I don't care about the G League the G League has a ton of talent I don't care about it because you don't have that nostalgic like uh, I went you know nobody went to like the I don't need I I can't even name a G League the Blue is that still a team Tulsa Blue Oklahoma City Blue Oklahoma City Blue nobody moved to Oklahoma City nobody like has any like affection for the Oklahoma City Blue because they didn't like go there for five years and spend like some of the best times of their lives with their friends. So anyway, like I just, it's such a weird thing. Like it is such a strange thing that like the, the, what supports, like what pays for this, this industry 
it, it could be removed if you break away from the industry to be able to pay the people who are supporting the industry, which is the players. It, it's, it, it's really kind of a, it's a catch 22 and I don't know how, I don't know what it looks like in 20 or 25 years. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Want to talk about something a little more positive, a little <laughs> yeah. more humorous? I've got it. Yeah, I've got some fun on this next thing. Go ahead. Okay. Well, our our uh, friend of the show, Brett McMurphy, did a uh, a poll of every college football coach. I think he did 130 coaches and asked their favorite musical artist. And I kind of wanted to discuss the Big Twelve. Um, Mike Gundy had an interesting selection. It was not Garth Brooks. It was not George Strait, who I could hear see him listening to while riding a tractor um it was did you know who it was i i saw yes okay it it was prince which we got a little bit of a teaser with that with that that student reporter from stillwater high did that little sit down with with mike gundy and his son uh gunner and they they quizzed each other and stuff and one of the questions was like favorite musical artist and he wrote down prince so it didn't take me as big a surprise as most people who didn't see that clip but again, of all the musical artists I can envision Mike Gundy listening to, Prince is not among them. Well, did you see who else put Prince? Uh, I think so. Was it Dana? Dana mm, Holgerson? It was Dana. Can you imagine those two just cru- just like taking just cruising up to Ponca City in like in like Gundy's, you know, in a red Corvette, <laughs> like Prince used to sing. I don't know any Prince songs, so that a little know. red Corvette's one of his hits. You could have for, for the uninitiated. Could, you could have said anything there, but just the fact that the, I think they were the only two to put it. Um, I thought that was <laughs> I thought I thought that was pretty hilarious. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think they were probably rocking out in the coaches' offices. Yeah, and I'm I'm down with Prince. I like Prince a lot. I remember I was driving to TCU one year, or maybe it was NBA playoffs. We we're going to Dallas for I think Thunder Mavericks playoff series. And that's when the news broke that that Prince had passed away. And Brian Keating and I, we did, we rocked out to Prince the entire way down there, and it was awesome. So I'm a fan, but uh, that's not who who would you have listed? I guess is the question here, Kyle. Oh, I don't know. I I read. I I don't <laughs> like whenever I listen to the only time I listen to music is when I'm writing. So like when I'm writing the Ten Thoughts, and the only music I listen to is um, instrumental. Yeah. So I have no good takes on this. Like I, you like, I you like that ambient study music. Yeah, I saw somebody put uh, I, I forgot who it was. Somebody put uh, Mumford and Sons, which uh, my wife and I both like a lot. So I don't know, so, something like that. Okay, I'd be more of the uh, hip hop variety. Tupac. Uh, a little more up to date. I love Tupac, but I'd probably go Kanye or Drake. One okay. of those. One of those two. I, I heard Kanye has a new album. It's a gospel album. Here we go. Is it, House. Is it good? It's it's pretty good. There's a, there's one song I don't like that he he makes a Chick Fil A Sunday reference over and over. It's not very good, but the rest <laughs> of the album's awesome. I need to I need to. What were the odds when you woke up of me being the person in your life that said I heard Kanye has a new album out? Uh, you would have been near the bottom of the list if you loved guests, because movies and music are, are two things that you just, you don't have time for. And I understand you have kids. You don't have time to sit down and watch a, a two hour movie. I, uh, I'm going to check that Kanye album out. I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, there was a, there was a disconcerting amount of like, uh, Kenny Chesney on, on oh my gosh, I meant to bring that up. Like 
old white guys love Kenny Chesney, don't they? It's it it was it was it felt problematic. Yeah, it's like he found his niche. It's like middle-aged white dudes. <laughs> like that's Kenny Chesney's lane now. What did uh what did Lincoln have? Red Hot Chili Peppers, which I okay. thought was a great pick. Okay. Yeah. That's more his, you know, he's he's our age. So which I love Chili Peppers too, but that's all. That's almost a little before his time. You know, they they got big in the early '90s, late '80s. Isn't that crazy? But, like uh, he's they've been big for forever. That he's our age. Yeah, it's nuts. We we got old. We're olds. <laughs> okay, you want to talk about Barry? Yeah, you wrote about this. Uh, you gave three reasons. I'll kind of give the floor to you. You wrote three reasons Barry Sanders is still the goat, and I think. No one really disputes that, but it's it's always refreshing to to hear new stats about him because look, we've we've heard just about everything there is to know about his career at Oklahoma State. But you uncovered an article about something that I didn't know about his NFL time. Why don't you just explain for people that haven't read your your article yet? Yeah, so I posted uh, there was him in a dunk contest uh, from like <laughs> thirty years ago, and it was just it was unbelievable. Like he did the Dominique like double. I mean, it wasn't like the full Dominique, but it was it was close. He's five eight. He's just throwing, he's, five eight. he's throwing down in a dunk contest and like a sick uh, footlocker tank top that I need. <laughs> Might ask for that for Christmas. Um, so that was one. Number two is, so we've been talking about Chuba from, uh, well, how, how did I say this? We've been looking at Barry's stats from Chuba's perspective, right? But what if we looked at Chuba's stats from Barry's perspective, like flip it around? And Barry, through eight games in 1988, was averaging 40 more yards per game uh, than Chuba is right now. Just just imagine that. And then imagine him putting up 1,150 in his last four games because that's what Barry did in his last four, (laughs) uh, including the bowl in 1988. So they only played 12 (laughs) in 88. So he basically has – almost Chuba's full season in his last, like to this, to this point in his last four games. God, I, I'm reading it now. He had, he had 24 touchdowns to Chuba's 16 through eight games. Yeah. Unbelievable. It, it, it's a joke. Uh, and only, uh, what is that? 15 more carries. And then lastly, uh, there's an article on SB nation. It was really good. It talked about just how many long runs he had in the NFL and how, like, I think Adrian Peterson clipped him in terms of uh, rushing touchdowns of at least 50 yards, but he was the record holder for a long time. And it said that he had multiple, this is unbelievable, he had multiple 80-plus yard runs in 1994 that didn't result in touchdowns. And it said, how unusual is that? From that point forward for another 20 years through the 2013 season, there were another 37 carries in the NFL that went for over 80 yards, and every last one of them resulted in a touchdown. So to me, it doesn't speak to somebody catching Barry from behind, but rather speaks to just how many rushes he had of like 80-plus yards that uh, multiples of them wouldn't even go for touchdowns. Yeah, like is it bad that my mind immediately said, how'd they catch Barry? Like, well, the, how did he get caught when everyone the, else doesn't? You should see the angles that these guys were taking. They would start, like, I mean, oh, yeah. it was like like Pythagoras would have had a field day with some of these angles. <laughs> well, and it was Barry against 
usually 10 or 11 defenders because his offensive line would get wrecked and the receivers were were way behind him usually. So he had no downfield blocking. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was just a fun, uh, people loved it too. A ton of traffic on that, which was fun. I mean, it's, it's always fun to read about, but he's so much like tiger in yeah. that the numbers are just inhuman to where you can just keep coming up with new angles to his numbers. And I thought that was a good one. The, his numbers through eight games comparing him to, to, to Chuba. So that was, that was a lot of fun for sure. Uh, okay. uh let's talk OSU TCU. Yeah, let's do it. I, uh, so Barry Trammell had, he, he does a good job with this. Uh, he does. Oh, what's going on here? I've got a website. How many tabs open do you have? I got the website, a website just blaring in my ear right now. Um, I won't say which one. <laughs> I think I know. But <laughs> Barry, Tra- Barry. Barry, Barry Trammell does a great job with uh, these efficiency ratings. So he goes through the Big 12 teams and says, like, these are the most efficient teams on defense. These are the most efficient teams on offense. It's It's – it's very, it's like a cousin of my points per drive stuff, but he does conference only and he kind of makes up his own formula in a very Barry way. And it's great. Anyway, he has, uh, on defense, Oklahoma state number four defense in the big 12 so far. Really good. In terms of efficiency in terms of, Oh, excuse me. Number five. Uh, OU's number four. Yeah. In terms of efficiency, uh, TCU's number three. And then on offense though, uh, Oklahoma State ninth uh, best offense, ninth most efficient offense in the Big Twelve so far. Not good. Yeah, I mean that that really backs up what we've talked about on the show, right? I mean we've we've thought at times the defense has played well enough to win games, and the offense just hasn't carried carried their weight. And I think I looked up uh, defensive efficiency just nationally and. Despite the Baylor game, OSU is still 53rd in the country in yeah. defensive efficiency. That that will get it done in the Big 12, mm-hmm. and that should get it done with what Oklahoma State's supposed to be doing on offense. Um, obviously, we all know about the issue Spencer Sanders has had with with turnovers, but um, but no, it's it's I don't think they've done a very good job offensively in terms of mixing things up. I brought up the stat last show about their second half adjustments have been, they've been severely outcoached at halftime as an offensive staff. Mm-hmm. The defenses are getting the better of them in the second halves and adjusting and OSU has just not been able to adjust on the fly. So that's worrisome when you're facing a Gary Patterson who let's face it, his offense comes and goes, but he, he tends to know what he's doing on defense for Spencer Sanders and, and if they're without Tywin Wallace, well, then somebody's got to step up or else it could be a long day at the office for the offense. So that's what I'm looking forward to is can the defense force more turnovers? Uh, you mentioned on the last show, too, they got off the field on third down. If they can do that and just kind of hang tough, which I think they have for the most part at home. I think the defense played even better at home than they have on the road. So if they can do that and give their offense you know, the ball in decent field position, I think, I think OSU can win this game. But I was going to pick OSU in the next three. But I'm sorry, you mentioned it. 46% of the passing yards have gone to Tylen Wallace. If he's not there, to me, and I said this before the season, if they lose a Chuba or a Tylen, it would be a lot like that 2009 offense that lost Des Bryant. Yep. And now in 2009, Kendall Hunter got hurt, so you'd, you wouldn't have Chuba in this comparison. You'd still have Chuba, but I, I don't know. I just They're going to be too limited in the air for me to, to win this game. So I, I think I've got to pick TCU with all the smoke that's out there. Now, Tylen runs out there, all bets are off. But um, I, I got to pick I got to pick TCU in this one. 
Yeah. Uh, by the way, Barry, Barry had this. Uh, Oklahoma State had 13 possessions against K-State, Baylor, and Iowa State. They scored 26, 27, and 27 points, which is just crazy. Yeah. And then they go 14 against Texas, and they score 30. I think they had 18 against Tech, and they scored 35. Hmm. So you just – I mean, they've just been right in the 27, 30, 33-point range, and – does that get it done against a TCU offense that's been really efficient? I don't know. Maybe I, I I'm probably going to pick TCU. I just I I just don't. I mean, I said this after uh, after Baylor. Like they've just lost the benefit of the doubt, man. Like, are, are, I mean, are three guys going to get the first interception of their career again on Saturday? I doubt it. You know, I I just I I can't look at an outlier to me an outlier and say yeah that's probably going to happen again. Now I hope I'm wrong. It'd be great to be wrong, but I'm going to pick TCU as well. Well, how about this stat from Cade McFarland, to your point? Uh, it's been two years since Oklahoma State won two straight Big 12 games. I know. that's They're, they're really a roller coaster, Jekyll and Hyde type team. So, And we've we've beaten in, beaten in, in everyone's heads their, their record as a home favorite. So, yeah. I don't know. Doesn't, doesn't look good, but again, no one was picking them to beat Iowa State, so they certainly could win the game. I, I don't. Th- I think it's gonna be a close game. I don't think TCU is gonna run over them. But, yeah. but no, things are not trending in the right direction. So, you want to get to uni picks? Yep. Let's get to this week's uniform preview. Brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Uh, I'll go first. Um, and I will go. Speaking of rappers, I'll go Jay Z. I'm going all black. Everything. Oh, all black. Everything. Yeah. Uh badge on the helmet so all black with the badge on the helmet okay what out of curiosity what what face mask chrome yeah, or chrome. black no the chrome the chrome okay yeah they went all black uh against tcu in 15 the the great the 10 and 0 game to go 10 and 0 one of the one of the great oh, yeah. one of the great mike gundy era games in stillwater and the, uh, uh james washington game yeah he almost killed gus johnson on that day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to go all black. I just, I think they might be saving that for Bedlam. Um, so I'm going to go kind of a, the off the board style pick that we haven't seen before. I think they're going to go back to that. They're not going to wear this helmet just once this year. So I think they're going to bust it back out. The orange helmet they wore at Texas with scary, scary Pete, scary Bo Pete. Halloween weekend. Halloween weekend with that orange helmet. I think they're going to go orange jersey and black pants, a combination we've never seen before. Orange, orange, black. Wow. That was, so I'm, wow. I'm going off the board. I, I think they're going to spice it up a little bit. Or if they go all black, I will never be disappointed with that. I think that's what, it's probably their best look they have. But uh, that's what I'm going with. I'm going off the board a little bit. I need, I need to make up some ground. I would be into that. I would rather them go with the homecoming helmet, though. I would too, but the, the scary bow, Black Pete, um, goes well with the black pants. Wait, the scary bow, black Pete. What is the what scary, you... scary little bow Pete? How about that? <laughs> I think you just combined like five different helmets. It's, the, it's like the little bow Pete, but the phantom scary version. <laughs> Halloween, that's perfect. I think that's that's what they're gonna go with. Uh... Oh, by the way, since we're on this Halloween theme. Did you see the tweet that OSU threw out there today with their? 
Marcus Keys as Jason, Tywin Wallace as Dracula. Uh, Do you see this post? Uh, no, I didn't. Colby it... Harbell Peel as the mummy. And the best one they did was Malcolm Rodriguez is the invisible man. How perfect is that? Brock Purdy never saw him over the middle for the interception. I think they're throwing big time shade at Brock Purdy here with <laughs> Malcolm Rodriguez, the invisible man. I loved it. Uh, we just got a report out of Stillwater, by the way. This is from uh, Jeremy Kolak of, I think he's with the Ocali. Uh, with the Ocali, he said, Tylen Wallace's injury has not yet been confirmed. Sources uh, source told me he's still awaiting an MRI from Stillwater Medical. Uh, OSU Athletics declined to comment because Gundy doesn't discuss injury rumors. For now, this is still a rumor. Uh, That's basically what you and I were saying, right? Pretty much. He's hurt. We don't know the extent. Yeah. And we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So Because nothing's going to come out of this Stillwater. I just, yeah, we'll see. Um, okay. Mid, let's talk about mid first again, and then we will uh, we will get to the end of the show. Uh, ultimate game day experience, Carson. Each swipe of your OSU credit or debit card is another entry into the ultimate game day experience. Uh, you can enter to win through today. Today's the last day to do this. Uh, October thirty first, last day. You can uh, you can win two VIP tickets to an OSU game in November. Hopefully, Thailand's playing in that game. Uh, you can win $500. You can win a gift basket. Uh, Midfirst is a ton of giveaways that, that are going on right here. So swipe your Midfirst OSU credit or debit card and uh, enter to win the ultimate game day experience. Uh, okay. You want to play the record book game? Media Guide Mysteries? Yeah. Media Guide Mysteries. Let's do it. So Halloween edition. Halloween edition. We did. We talked last week about uh, so Colby Harvell Peel. I'm just going KHP. Uh, that's how I write it. I don't even write his full name out. He uh, he had five. He had six pass breakups uh, at Iowa State, which was a new record for a single game. My question for you: Who had the most pass breakups in a single season in OSU history? Most pass breakups in a single season in OSU history. I'd have to think about that. Um. How about Parrish Cox? Uh, he was t- his senior year. He was he was third. Was the third best. He had fifteen his senior year. Uh, let me make another guess here. Is it a safety? No. Okay, that limits the options here. How about? Ooh, how about Darrant Williams? Correct. Wow. He, had seven, he was so good. He had 17 in 2003 and 16 in 2002. He holds the top two spots. Wow. He was so stinking good. He he was an un, he might have been the best return man in OSU history. And I, I include, you can throw anyone you want out there. The guy, Darren Williams was as good as Justin Gil, better than Justin Gilbert, I would say. Uh, Easy. Just returning a foot. Well, he wasn't like on kickoff returns, was he? He just, every time he picked the ball, he left. I think he left college football tied for the NCAA record for most return touch interceptions returned for a touchdown in his in a career. He had like seven. He was uh, unbelievable. He got the ball in his hands, he would go score yeah, every he time. Was, he was great. He was, he was unbelievable. He, he was one of the best pre Gundy era 
guys. Like you would throw like a lot. I mean, and I'm talking po- like post Barry and pre Gundy as coach. I'm talking about like Alonzo Mays. I'm talking about R.W. McCorders. I think you throw Darren in there as well. Yeah, I mean, he was what a f- second round, second round pick. Let me look it up here. It might have been first. Yeah, second sounds right. I mean, for that tells you how good of a cover corner he was because he wasn't blessed with just amazing height and reach and the stuff they look for now. But he was just, he was awesome and just so tragic. Killed in a, a drive-by shooting in, in Denver, and he was having a great career with the Broncos. I remember when that happened. That was an unfortunate deal. I'm trying to pull up where he was drafted. He okay. was a second-round pick. Uh, 56th overall. So yeah, he was he was awesome. Um, yeah, he was he was unbelievable. He was okay. Next one, uh, Matt Amendola, 12 for 12 on field goals this year. I should not be talking about this, but we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> Do you know who has the best field goal percentage ever in a single season? A minimum of 10 attempts. Sorry, repeat the question. Who has the best field goal percentage for a single season? Minimum of ten attempts in OSU history. Um, percentage. How about Quinn Sharp? Quinn Sharp is third. You're intent on picking the the third place guys so far. Dan Bailey. Dan Bailey's fourth. Oh. Um. Percentage. Luke Phillips. Luke Phillips, our guy. Yes, yes. friend of the pod. Eighty-eight point nine percent in two thousand three. Eighty-eight point two percent in two thousand one. He holds the top two spots. So, if Amendola got hurt and was out for the year as of today, he would actually overtake this because he's already completed the minimum of ten attempts. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see if he can. Get, if he can. Uh, I mean, maybe interesting only to me, but to see if he can uh, usurp Phillips uh, at the top of this list. You can basically only miss one to get to, to finish in first year. Wow. I mean, and it's something we don't talk enough about, Kyle. Like, OSU has had a good kicker since, like, the mid-'80s. Yeah. Literally since generations of coaches, players, they've all changed, but OSU's always had a good kicker. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Quinn so, is keeping that, that trend alive. Quinn Sharp was 22 of 25 in 2011, by the way. That's yeah, and I think this is where we... we tough. Quinn Sharp, he was so good at kickoffs and punts as well as a kicking. Like, he was he was good at everything. But I think it's important to note, you know, Van Amendola's turned into a really good college kicker. Yeah. I know he had, that, he had that nightmare game against Texas Tech where he missed the two kicks like they were under 30 yards, but... For the most part in his career, he's been he's been very good. Been, been one of the best kickers in the Big Twelve, and he's yeah. having an outstanding year. So you got to give it up to to Philly. They call him from Philadelphia for sure. Uh, okay, last one. How many players have averaged a hundred or more rushing yards for their entire career? So not just single season, but a hundred or more rushing yards in a game for their entire career. How many? Yep. Oh man, um, Barry one. <laughs> yep, goes without saying. Thurman two. Okay, he's third, but he's on there. Okay, um, who's our olds? Uh, Terry Miller. Yeah, those are those are the three. That's it. 
Okay. I was going to say Ernest Anderson all quits. <laughs> um, so Barry averaged 118 a game for his career. And, and, and some of this gets skewed, right? Because like if you play in a game as a freshman right, and you only put up like 20 yards, like that game counts. Um, so Barry, 118, Terry Miller, 113, and Thurman Thomas, 106. Chuba, you, you want to guess his number right now for his career? Um, for his career? Well, he didn't play sparingly as much. I, I guess he did. I guess he did as a redshirt freshman. He played in some blowouts. I'll say he's averaging for his career as of right now higher than Barry Sanders. Let's go 120. It's a good guess, but he's only at 101. So he would oh. be he would be he would come in fourth, but he would be just the fourth guy to average over 100 for his career, which to me is a is a huge deal. Now, like you said, he gets a little skewed cuz he didn't have to play that freshman like what am i doing year like he was already kind of developed once he got into games but still uh really impressive and he has a chance to you know depending on how the last five games go kind of pass some of these guys justice hill uh right now is fourth on the list at 98.3 so he didn't quite get to 100 hmm that's an incredible list to join if you're Chuba Hubbard. Yes. And that's just a remarkable statistic yeah. to, to average 100 yards a game for, sure. for your career. Okay, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Carson, Chris's University Spirit. And we'll come back with one interesting thing and wrap this up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, one interesting thing. How about it? I did a remarkable job at Media Guide Mysteries, I must say. But um, <laughs> uh, troubling news out of Stillwater, not, not having to do with Tylen Wallace, was the, uh, the Marcus Watson suspension. Um, there's an impending legal issue. Uh, you reported it on pistols firing. Uh, I don't have the exact verbiage in front of me, but he's, in, he's suspended from the team, and Mike Boynton had availability recently, and and Kyle, I, I feel for Mike Boynton, I do, in that you can tell kids until you're blue in the face to do the right thing and to be adults and to make proper decisions. And at the end of the day, they are adults, they're on their own in college, and it's up to them, I guess, to make the right decision. But at a certain point, when you've had, what, five, six, seven suspensions? I think it's six. Uh, at a certain point, you're, you're going to start to get blamed as the head coach for, for players running amok. So I I, I, I do feel for my boy in that way in that you can tell him till you're blue in the face, but it continues a troubling trend, Kyle, of, of suspensions for, for Mike Boyd and his basketball program. I don't disagree. I, I talked to a source about this on Monday uh, whenever we reported that, and my source was talking about how, like, look, like some of this stuff is really bad. Like the Watson stuff is, I mean, you read it and you're like, wow, that's, uh, that's not good. 
and you know who knows how it'll play out hopefully it it i mean it, it's just it's a bad situation no matter how it plays out but uh it, it's it it it's not good obviously but some of the other stuff and this is this was the source I was talking to. This was his point of like some of the other stuff is like like those guys would like still be on the team if this was Maryland or you know not Kentucky but like uh, Auburn or somewhere like that. Like some of it is like a really high standard of like locker room things. Like it's not like legal issues. It's just like, ah, you're just like not good for our chemistry and, and haven't done things true. the way that we want. And that sounds like I'm taking a, a, a pro Boynton stance. That's not, I mean, I, I like Boynton. I really want him to succeed, but I also think there needs to be a differentiation between that kind of stuff versus like actual legal issues. Now, as the leader of the program, you're in, you're, you control and are in charge of both. But if you look at it more long term, I think it, I think it matters to kind of note that. No, I think that's a very, very good point in that the, the situations with the Dawson kid from Florida, the Devon Dillard stuff, a lot of that stuff was just in-house running amok. It wasn't legal issues and getting in trouble with the law. So I think that that is important to know. They're not all the same situations. They're all different. And and I do think Boynton has take a, taken a hard stance towards discipline where some coaches across the country might have kept some of those guys. So I do think that's important to note that, that Boynton has, has made those decisions separate to of, of just, you know, legal issues too. So that, that's important to note. Yeah. What do you got for uh, one interesting thing? I mean, that was the, the Watson thing was mine as well. I, I, I realized we hadn't talked about it and it, and it is a big deal. And I kind of said it earlier. It's just anytime, anytime this plays out the way it has, whatever the end result is, is going to be bad for somebody, right? Like somebody loses and, and everybody loses really. And it just, it sucks. I hate it. I hate reporting on stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I, we don't need to like go into like, how's this going to play out? I mean, what, whatever, like it's going to play out how it plays out. Um, yeah. but just going into another basketball season, there's this, you know, another cloud hanging over, over the, the program a little bit. And, uh, there's, there's so much to be excited about, you know, you've got, uh, Rondell Walker potentially committing, uh, this week, I guess today, later today, and you've got a lot going on. I think, I think there's, I mean, I've heard stuff about like some guys that are freshmen have been playing really well in these like, uh, closed door scrimmages. I think there's a lot to be, I think they're like a real team this year, but that stuff, it's just like, you know, it was the FBI and then it was Underwood and it's, it feels like it's just always something and they can't get away from it. Very true. So on that note, happy Halloween, Carson, (laughs) get you some Twix, Twix, throw some Twix in the freezer while, while you wait uh, the kids to get home from school. I'm going to, um, I'm going to wear, it's really cold here today. I'm going to wear my ski, my Zipway ski pants and hide my Twix in there. <laughs> it snowed here yesterday. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. It snowed. My, it's killing my golf game, man. It's not good. Oh. Uh, okay, Carson, have a good weekend. We will reconvene. Uh, hopefully both haven't been wrong about TCU winning. But, uh, yeah, I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. See you.